Welcome to the Lead Management Mastermind Show, the only podcast where you'll learn about lead management best practices from the top lead management and sales marketing executives in the industry. Hear about the optimization, strategy, and techniques that have made each of our guests the best of the best in the lead management domain. Live from the headquarters of SDP Solutions, Here's your host, Scott Payne. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Lead Management Masterminds podcast. So glad to have you back with us today. I have an exciting guest, a longtime friend and colleague of mine, Hector Galicia. He's going to talk to us today about lead management best practices. Hector is the director of PSO, or Professional Services at ICE Mortgage Technology. So, Hector, why don't you do a quick introduction for us real quick? Yeah. Hey, everybody. Good morning. So, good to see you again, Scott. Uh, yeah. So, so, you know, I've been with ICE Mortgage Technology previously, Ellie May, and then, you know, the last five, at least through 60. So, there's been a lot of names, you know, over the, the last few years. But been with the organization close to 10 years now and pretty much known as Scott the whole time. So, you know, worked with Scott over in his nation star, Mr. Cooper Days. and. Uh, over at home captain. So, you know, had a good relationship all the way through and happy to, to help him, you know, with his, uh, his, his team here. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining. You know, wanted to have you on for a while now. You've been so, so busy, right? Yeah. Crazy. Busy year. Yeah. Crazy year. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's look back you know, it's, I don't want to go too much back into 2020, you know, but let's, let's reflect a little bit. What, what did you see? Uh, what were some of the biggest surprises you saw on your side as it related to some of the lenders using Velocify? What's that yeah. look like for you? Yeah, you know, for us, you know, really about this time last year, right? So February, you know, into March, you know, I, I, from from you know my standpoint, I was a little worried. You know, we we work with major lenders out out in the industry, and we're kind of worried that you know there might not be you know new new business, uh, you know, coming onto Velocify or even you know clients that are on Velocify, right? You know, what, what was going to happen? And so I think the biggest surprise to to me was that we were probably the the busiest that we've ever been. You know, things just really kind of took off for us, both from, you know, some net new implementation work, um, but also working with existing clients. And, you know, I think a lot of organizations were able to, yeah, at least have, you know, that were from Velocify, were able to work from home really easily. I mean, I did talk with a few organizations where their biggest challenge was, hey, we have to get everybody a laptop. You know, and there's organizations like Crazy Stories buying like, you know, 5,000 laptops and their IT team working through the weekend and CEOs coming in and configuring laptops so that way they can get it out to uh, to the team. But for those organizations that already had a laptop set up, I mean, it's as easy as just going home and getting a workstation and, you know, doing their, their normal routine. So, you know, that was a major, uh, you know, shift. And, and I think with that, a lot of organizations started to see, hey, we can we can really start to leverage some of the tools that we have today, even working from home in the middle of a refi boom and the biggest you know, business that the teams have had for the last 10 years or whatnot. So that, that was a big, uh, you know, big change. There's also some kind of things that I think are going to be coming this year in terms of like a technology standpoint. Um, and we're starting to see a, a huge need for SSO. You know, SSO was, you know, single sign-on was a big deal, you know, before. And it's super, you know, super convenient and it allows people to kind of, you know, manage, maintain, manage one set of passwords or whatnot and get into multiple platforms. But we're starting to see a lot more organizations ask for that, you know, this year. And then just really like the data stack, you know, integrations and data. We're constantly having those conversations of how can we integrate Velocify with other platforms? Yeah, using that yeah. data for decisions and reporting all of that stuff. So 
tell everyone a little bit about what professional services is. You know, what what is it you guys normally work with? Obviously, you know, your Velocify clientele, but what are some of the services you guys provide? Yes, I'd say, you know, about 50% of our businesses, just call it half the business, is working with new or uh, clients to Velocify. Right. So, you know, that, that's a, a big, uh, you know, endeavor and a big feat to kind of switch from one platform to the other. So, you know, part of our, our, the business that I manage is a team of implementation consultants that work with organizations to understand business requirements, technical requirements, you know, different goals and objectives that you're looking to achieve with the platform. And then we, we start to figure all that out and get it down to some sort of like MVP or initial kind of launch point. Um, and then from that point, when we launch, right. Um, then the fun begins, you know, and then it's, you know, trying to figure out how we can maximize, you know, the tool. And so anybody that's used Velocify, you know, that you can make those changes, you know, intraday really, and and start to squeeze out, um, you know, as much ROI as you can. And so the other half of the business that I manage is working with existing clients on, you know, leveraging, you know, the, the administrative capabilities within Velocify. A portion of that is also integrations. So I, you know, we just managed that, uh, mentioned that, but you know, really data going between the Velocify platform. And by the way, if you're not leveraging some of those integrations uh, today, you probably should. It's pretty easy to get Velocify data in and out of our system. From that standpoint, that's another part of the business that we refer to more as like technical consulting and integrations. Yep. And then in full transparency, I'm part of the program, the consulting program, right? So me and Hector have got to work with each other, you know, and so a lot of the clients and a lot of people listening are aware of that. But for those that don't, I guess I'm technically part of your team. Although yeah. I'm, I don't consider you my manager, I guess. <laughs> thank, thank goodness. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but no, it's, yeah, it's a great relationship. It was, uh, we were going to try to hire you, but we can't afford you. So. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got to pay for technology like this. We have this cool, you know, podcast stuff now. So, sure. so you know, a lot of people are obviously familiar with Velocify, Elite 360, and, and, and now ICE acquisition has happened. One of the things that even to this day, as I go and type in Velocify on Google, or if I go and type in, uh, you know, sales stats, for example, or, you know, trying to find information to throw into a presentation of some kind, it's interesting because it always, Velocify kind of stats always come up. The 391%, you know, greater chance of converting a lead, you call it within the first minute, the uh, number of call attempts you should make to a lead, the number of call attempts that aren't made, all of these kind of stats have come from these Velocify research, right? One of the, I call it like the Bible of sales or the, the Bible of sales strategy or lead management strategy is one of the white papers done was called the ultimate contact strategy, as you know. And here recently, a couple months ago, you know, released a new version of it, an updated version. It's looking at a number of things. Let's spend a couple minutes talking through that and some of the differences and, and changes that were updated from historical stuff. Because I know, you know, they dug in deeper on some demographic stuff also around SMS because you know previously I think it was in the last contact strategy we had the release said that pretty much we should not contact or should not send an SMS to somebody until you've made contact right and technology shifted people have gotten more comfortable with that kind of stuff let's talk a little bit about uh, about that contact strategy there so we had the you know the first part you know that kind of stuck out to me was the differences by demographics right and so can you talk a little bit about kind of what that kind of showed yeah yeah so, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the high level, you know, takeaway is, hey, speed, you know, speed to lead for any sort of, you know, lead acquisition is, is super important, right? Um, you know, we, I think everybody knows that. What we did see and what the study did see is that, you know, I think before they looked at a call under five minutes, now you need to call under one minute. That's the major change there. 
The other part is, you know, that perpetual follow-up. You know, we've had this kind of six-call strategy for a number of years. That actually shrunk in this study down to five, um, which was, you know, pretty interesting, you know, where, you know, the six-call was, you know, the, the kind of, you know, go-to for, for quite a bit of time. So, you know, kind of less calling. And there's a, a, a very specific reason for that. We'll talk about that in a second. But then the other part that we looked at in this study was demographics, right? And so, you know, I think that the, if I remember correctly, it was generations that they looked at. So millennials, Gen X, boomers, you know, silent generation. Uh, they also looked at region. Um, so West, Midwest, North, uh, East, and South. And then uh, they looked at loan time, marital status, and gender. So a whole bunch of kind of different demographics, I guess we could call it. And there were some, some interesting components here to it. At the end of the day, just to summarize it, you know, what we found is that the speed to lead does differ a little bit between some of these different, you know, demographics. At the end of the day, though, you know, for that first call, at least, we still want to call, you know, pretty quickly. But there was, you know, the, the kind of, you know, Gen X and boomers, you know, were just a little bit less reluctant to, to receiving that call, you know, right up front. And then you also saw that in some of the different regions. So, you know, suffice to say, I think at the end of the day, high level, hey, you know, we want to call within, you know, one minute. But then I think the more important thing that this starts to look at is understanding your customer. I think that this graph here really starts to kind of shed some light on, hey, we need to know our, our customers a little bit better. Now, would you know all of this information, you know, just kind of by, by looking at data on the lead? Maybe, maybe not, right? We may be able to look at, you know, the, the region that they're in, you know, the, the generation that they're in, that's always going to be a little bit tough because we probably don't have like a birth date, you know, right up front. But you definitely have region, you definitely have loan type. And then after the fact, once you start to have a conversation with that borrower, you start to get to know them, right? And we're going to talk in a little bit about this notion of personalization and really starting to know your customers. But to me, when I read the study, that's what this really sheds a light on is there's differences between all the types of borrowers out there, right? And they're not all the same. And we need to approach them a little bit differently. To even expand on a little further from the generation standpoint, again, you may not know that up front. A lot of customers that we work with have the retention model or they have, they're calling their past customer database. So you might have the data somewhere that you can, you can capture it. You mentioned one less phone call uh, on average. So instead of six down to five, some of that is because of this, this year as far as the demographics of the generations. Based on the study, it's saying millennials should only receive now four phone calls. Gen X and boomers is five. And then we have our, our silent generation of six calls. Right. So silent being the, the older population there, on average, that number of calls have gone down. I think what will be interesting for a number of our lenders is the as they get more and more into purchase, which we'll talk more about how they leverage a first time home buyer. Typically, a first time home buyer is going to be that millennial population. They're coming out for the first time to buy a house. You know, how, how do we leverage now what we're used to just making a bunch of phone calls? You've got to replace it with other things such as SMS, which is going to lead to the next section I want to talk about was the personalization side of it. So why don't you talk a little bit about what the study said around generic versus personalization as it relates to SMS? Yeah, that's a, another kind of big, big point here in the study. And, and I think this, this really you know, kind of highlights, at least for that millennial group, having kind of a less calling strategy and reducing it down to four calls. And, and it really comes down to SMS, right? So when it comes down to it, we saw a huge difference between the response and also the, the amount of conversion rate compared when you compare auto text messaging or what we're calling generic in the study versus like some sort of manual uh, send. And what we mean by manual is really a personalized. So in the system, we can automate SMS. That's going to be like the generic, right? It's triggering some sort of automatic 
text to the borrower. And then a manual send is a personal message, right? Someone actually goes into the platform and actually sends the text. And that's what this highlights is that you know the, the personalized message is, is direct. Um, the loan officer has the ability to kind of look at um, some of the dynamics of the of the loan file, the application, or the journey that the customers are going to be and gonna experiencing and can relate. And they, they're able to transmit that within the text message. And so over the years we've talked, you know, Scott, you and I have talked about this a lot, is that you know, Velocify and a lot of the tools under Ice Mortgage Technologies, it's all about the science, right? The science of selling, you know, how we can set triggers, how we can lay out the strategy or whatnot. But you know, this part right here talks about the the art of the sale, right? And so that's where all these loan loan officers have that ability and just experience, quite frankly, to be able to look at something and figure out how they can relate that to the borrower, you know, and, and give um, some sort of either personalized message. Uh, to invoke a conversation, reach out, or a personalized message to give them an update. One of the things too is we've struggled with is I is I've talked to people and lenders about this. They say, "Well, my LOs already don't have enough time to do X, Y, and Z. How are they going to have time to go send a personalized message?" So one of the ways that we can tackle that is with the use of some of the canned SMS messages or the the automated ones. You can start using field tags in Velocify as part of that that message. And so now it's. Hi, customer. This is user dot first name, right? And you put that into the into the into the field there, and now it says, "Hi, this is Scott." With and it's more. It's not just a generic message that goes out. The other piece too, right? You may not have a lot of the stuff up front, demographics and what age and that kind of stuff. But if you set it up in a way that when that first outreach, you you make it personal, personable, but also in data collection mode. We want to find out are they a first time home buyer. We want to find out do they have a home to sell. We want to find out, you know, uh, around their age, you know, it doesn't have an age range, you, you know, date of birth, maybe that, that could figure it out. But try to collect as much information in a really concise way using like a script form view in Velocify rather than the, all the different tabs they have got to navigate and figure out and remember what to ask. You give it a very short list, collect this information up front, and that can drive the personalization much easier down the road because we at least now know they're a first time home buyer who is 25 years old in the South. We can now use those as leverage points to decide what gets sent, but also from a lead lead scoring perspective, potentially as well. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, the other part of it too, in terms of automation, I think the automation where we've seen organizations have a lot of success with that, and whether or not that's SMS or email, you know, loan updates, right? So, you know, what we can what we begin to begin to do is integrate encompass with Velocify a lot more closely over the years, obviously. And so now we can actually get data back from Encompass, you know, to, to your point, Scott, get that data in. And when we start to automate emails or SMS to the borrower, it actually is very targeted and very specific, right? So there's kind of a, a use case for, hey, this is the type of automated message that we want to leverage Velocify for and, you know, send that SMS or, or, or email out. And if the customer responds, that's where the, the LO goes in and, and can reply with some sort of personal response, right? So that that personal response isn't automated, obviously. Mm-hmm. We're sending an update to facilitate that conversation. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. So if people want to learn more about this, what do they need to do? Maybe in touch with their account manager to, to get this this study? Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way. Um, actually, for the study, the, uh, I believe on Ice Mortgage Technologies website, you can just go down to the white papers. Okay. And the white papers loaded, you know, listed there. You can just download it. I think you have to put in like your email address or whatnot to download it. But no, it's a great study to, to take a look at and kind of get, get a feel for. I think the, the kind of biggest takeaway for me anyways was this notion of personalization, personalized messages, and, and kind of giving the loan officers a tool to either you know, personalize it or to your point, Scott, 
automated, but let's make it feel like it's a has a personal touch. Uh, you know, one example that I always use is I'm in the middle of a, of a refi and uh, I'm working with the loan officer. And so I personally like text message. I, I just don't have the time to, you know, stop what I'm doing and then pick up a phone call. So I'll send him a text message and he calls me back. <laughs> and I don't answer because I'm like, I sent you a text. Like I, I can't, yeah. can't talk right now. I can text. I can't talk. And then he calls me in the evening when I'm trying to spend time with my son and, and my wife or whatnot. And sometimes I answer, sometimes I don't. Most oftentimes I don't at that point. I'm kind of done for the day, right? With, with business or just kind of doing things. But then every evening I get like an automatic generic email from him talking about something that is not even for me. I'm trying to read, I'm getting info about a first time home buyer, right? Yeah. So, you know, just the whole experiences, I do want to try to work with him, but I just can't get a hold of him via the communication channel that I want. And then the messaging that I'm getting is not for me, right? So at the end of the day, am I going to go somewhere else or not? You know, I'll, 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 you know, make that decision. But I think that's the biggest takeaway is, you know, you know, kind of where we're going this year is really figuring out how you can, you know, leverage all three of these communication channels. But more importantly, have one communication channel that's best for the customer. And at the end of the day, it's the one that they want, right? Yeah, you know, that's a good good segue into another part I want to talk about was the customer's experience, right? We talked a lot about personalization and phone calls. Maybe we'd make less, make more, depending on the generation. But what are some ways that you have found to really kind of map out what a client's experience is like before maybe you get in with an engagement with them? What are some things that you, that you do? I know that, you know, we probably can talk about the customer experience screening here. Can yep. you talk a little bit about the success you've seen with something like that? Yeah, no, for sure. You know, the, one of the biggest things that at least net new customers, even existing customers to some standpoint struggle with is, you know, number one, defining the customer journey. You know, I, I think if you, you know, if were to ask the lenders that use Velocify, you know, what type of experience do you think your customers are having? I think that they would say, well, we want it. It's, it's either you know great or we want it to be the best. But when you start to kind of really map out what's there, a lot of lenders either don't understand it or they have a, you know trouble articulating what they want. And so you know, that's where you know Scott, over the years, you've done these customer experience screens. I remember you doing it when you know when you know you were account manager with us and we were kind of working you know with existing clients. And it's so interesting how time and time again we continually see the same thing, and and it's a hard. It's a hard thing. You know, a lot of organizations have a lot of leads, a lot of records, a lot of customer records coming in and being able to kind of manage, maintain and, and, and keep up with that strategy is, is difficult. For sure. So, yeah. And, and just to layer onto it, right? Like a lot of times you want to be able to show the success. And sometimes it's difficult to really say that this change impacted this by X percent conversion rate because there's so many variables that go into it. Could be interest rate environment, could be a mix of leads, just the leads you're buying at that mo- moment in time. So it's really difficult to pinpoint that we made this change and then this happened, you know, you can talk about it at a high level. But what I like to do is before we do our assessments, we'll come in and we'll do one of these screenings before, and then we'll make changes, make recommendations, make changes, and then do it again. And the differences between start and finish is just, uh, you know, night and day. Now, I've never come across anybody who has a perfect experience from beginning to finish. I see people who do really good with phone calls. I see people do really good with emails or SMS. I see people who do really good with how they follow up with their contacted leads, but I've yet to come across someone who is perfect. And that, that is to really just say that it's really difficult. But if you're, if you're focused on it and you're focused on doing it consistently and tracking the number of, again, calls and where those calls are placed and are users using it, if they're not using it, how do you make it easier for them? 
all of these things combined can get a client to to eventually get there. It just takes time and it's not something you're going to nail off, off off day one. Great. Thanks for that. Let's talk a little bit about 2021. You know, obviously I talked to Jim on the last last podcast around, you know, obviously we all saw 2020 coming. Everyone saw that coming, right? Totally joking. So as we look at 2021, what's your prediction? How, how does 2021 look? Where do we sit at the end of the year from a lead management perspective? Most of the lenders that I'm talking to right now that are kind of coming into the loss by, you know, either trying to, you know, grow their business or start a new business. You know, one of the questions that we ask them are, is your team in a call center? Is your team, you know, on a branch? Are they going to be going into some sort of office setting? And most of the organizations are saying, yeah, you know what, they might go in, we might have a few, but you know, for the most part, everybody's going to be remote. And so I, I think that's going to be not, not necessarily a change, but a continuation of last year where there's just a lot more, you know, remote work. You know, with that, one thing that we are starting to hear a lot of requests on is, you know, SSO, we talked about that one earlier, and kind of single sign-on, but also this notion of like workforce management, right? So, you know, be, you know, when you're in an office, you have managers, line managers, or, you know, directors or, or whatnot, that's kind of, you know, there with the team and you can figure out what these people are doing, right? What your team yeah. is doing. Um, you know, work from home, you can't really do that, right? So you have to start to leverage some of these other tools. And so, you know, Velocify, if you are using DialIQ, has some great tools when it comes to, you know, kind of checking in on, on, on calls. You can actually listen to calls, you know, to barge. You can have a dashboard to see who's on a call or whatnot. And if it's not DialIQ, it could be another platform where you're starting to kind of look at some of those tools. But I think this year, there's going to be a need for organizations to say, okay, we made it through last year and that was temporary, but this is kind of the new norm, right? How, how do we grow our business and scale our business with a staff that's working remotely? And so I think that's going to introduce a lot more, you know, kind of new tools and maybe they're not new tools to the market space, but new tools to, to a lot of lenders that may not have, have looked at those before. Good points. Good points. So we'll end with this. So obviously there's a lot of features in Velocify clients have used for years and, you know, some use more than others and, and whatever. What would you say the most underutilized feature of Velocify is that lenders don't take advantage of? Yeah. So there's, there's really two, you know, it's interesting. We talk about email a lot. A lot of lenders don't use emails um, out of Velocify anyways. They may be using somewhere else or like a different platform or whatnot. But I think that's definitely one of the, the um, you know, features that's underused. You know, another thing to kind of, you know, think about is that if you're not using the Velocify email uh, today, we, we do have a new email editor. So if you ever used it before, you know, it was probably a, a little bit of a struggle. The new email editor is pretty, pretty decent. Uh, it's pretty yeah. good. So, you know, by, by jumping back in there, you can actually style HTML emails really well. Upload um, pictures. Host upload pictures. Yeah. yeah. Pictures. You know, you can do things where um, you can also track some of the, the email opens or whatnot. And I know, Scott, you talk about this a lot, which I think is a great you know, tool is if we track you know someone opening an email we can flag down a priority view either through like a you know lead scoring or whatnot but just kind of funnel that to the top and that way if someone's interacting with those emails hey that should be someone that that we we target and then uh, you know the other one that you know you'd look at and I just mentioned was lead scoring I, I think that's a feature that probably every organization should use you know it's one of those things that's not you know we call it lead scoring but I think as you start to engage with the customer it becomes like some sort of engagement score and so you can just really begin to integrate that uh, with your prioritization strategy. Yeah. Another thing I'd say most people don't know with the new email features that were released is you can now track uh, opens and clicks and deliverability by email template. So now you yeah. can see each template, which ones are confirming. So I, I've been working with a couple of clients now where we're saying, hey, 
the opens and click rates. The open rates is low on this email. So let's change the subject line and try it out. See, see what the difference is. See if we can get a better open rate. And then the clicks. Is the right call to action there? Do we need to move it up you know, in the email? It's down below. So we're really starting to get kind of strategic inside of Lossify as it relates to emails. We can also check email delivery to domain. So there's a lot of providers, Gmail, where it's very difficult to get emails not flagged as spam. So you'll just get to start seeing some insights there to see, hey, we're having trouble with Gmail in particular. We need to make some adjustments that are more Gmail friendly in, into the content. Yeah, no, it's huge. You know, and that's a great point, Scott. We've actually worked with a few lenders that have struggled with specific emails or specific servers. And, yep. you know, either been able to kind of work with them on the content or, you know, work with our, our email partner there to, uh, to see what's going on. So, no, great, great point. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining, Hector. So happy to have you on finally. Maybe we'll have you back on to we'll talk about some other topics as well related to Velocify. How can people reach out to you, find you? What's the best way? Reach out to you, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, email is fine. Uh, you know, we can maybe put our contact information out there and you know, feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions about, you know, Velocify. The other thing is I work very closely, not only with Scott, but also our uh, relationship managers and client success managers with Ice Mortgage Technology. So I'm talking to them, you know, daily. So if you have any questions or you kind of say, hey, we want to look at some of the things that Hector and Scott talked about, hey, feel free to, to reach out to them and we can spin up a, a meeting and talk about it as a group. Awesome. All right, Hector, thanks for joining. Talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Lead Management Masterminds podcast. Today's episode is presented by SDP Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things lead management strategy and optimization. Please visit us at www.sdp-solutions.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast site.